You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What is up, Goat Flippers? I am your host, Lurk. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast, the number one hardcore and metal-related podcast on all of the internet. And holy moly, boys, we are back from Furnace Fest. That was a wild four days, including the pre-show that we attended, the Norma Jean Remembering Never show, which we got film of, and we will be posting to the Lamb Goat YouTube page eventually. But we also had a blast for three days straight with a bunch of other middle-aged men and women reminiscing of a time we thought was once lost I can't explain or express how it felt to be at Sloss, at that Sloss stage, uh, you know, watching the DVDs, the Furnace Fest DVDs for so long, and then to be there finally and watching the same bands that I saw on those DVDs was incredible. And I do want to thank everyone for Furnace Fest for their hard work and their dedication to the scene and to making the event an epic, awesome weekend. Thank you. Make sure you're following Lamb Goat on social media and our YouTube because we'll be posting a lot of content from this past weekend. And again, I can't stress enough how awesome it was. And if you didn't go, I hope you seriously have FOMO because you definitely missed out. And on this week's episode of The Van Flip, we are joined by the Pittsburgh Deathcore Boys, Signs of the Swarm. They just released a new studio album called Absolvere. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right, but I may not be, so whatever. It's on the podcast and we talk about it anyway. But you can also catch them on tour with Of Sulfur and Enterprise Earth right now. Whether this is your first time checking out the show or you're a return listener, if you enjoy the content we're doing here on The Van Flip, please take the time out of your day to go ahead and follow or like us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on and if you have a couple extra seconds and you want to leave a rating and review we would greatly appreciate that as well don't forget to visit lambgoat.com for everything hardcore and metal related follow lambgoat on social media give us a like on facebook and you can find us on twitter and instagram at lambgoat head over to the lambgoat youtube page and you can find all of these podcasts in video format plus other lambgoat bonus content while you're there don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the alert bell so you're always notified when new episodes or content is uploaded and if you want to follow me lurk the host of the show you can find me on twitter and Instagram at Lurk City. That's L U R K C I T Y. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is stuff. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome back to the Van Flip Podcast. And today, or this week, however, as you've already seen in the title, I am joined by David and Bobby of the band Signs of the Swarm from Pittsburgh. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic. Uh, you know, just kind of running the shots, you know? I got it. Yeah, I'm good as well. Thank you. 
No problem. Uh, trying to get this together for a while, so I really appreciate really appreciate making it happen. Yeah, it's not all your fault. It's some of my fault, too. So uh, by all means, I'm glad the mix-ups finally, uh, you know, uh, not not mix-ups, but I finally got, I'm finally glad we aligned appropriately to uh, knock this out. So it's good to go. Um, so, yeah, you guys have uh, you guys have a new album coming out. You guys have been a band for the last couple of years. You're like a, a deathcore kind of uh, heavy band, obviously, uh, for those who aren't aware. But anyway, you guys have a new album, and it's the uh, – I know we just – Freaking talked about it, David. And uh, is it Absolve Ray? I'll say Absolve yes, Ray. Yes, Absolve Ray. Okay. Absolve Ray. It's Latin. Yes. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and uh, like, what? Where'd that name come from? And you know, why are you using it for the album? And you know, and all that. Well, it stuff? was kind of like a joint thing. Um, I wanted. I was leaning more towards uh, like, a, like Absolution or like Blood Seal, and um, I like threw out a couple names over to Bobby. And then Bobby started like brainstorming around a little bit. And then he came up with uh, Absolver. And I'm just like, yo, that just looks cool. You know what I mean? And then like looked into the topic, like what it actually meant and everything. And it like, like it's the title, like the title track for it is pretty sick. And that's kind of like where it all stemmed from. And uh, we kind of just wanted to have fun with it so it was a really creative type top like title for the album you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah, i'm gonna spoil the whole title track bro <laughs> <laughs> started, like, way into other things like i was just looking up like synonyms for absolution because like our you know a lot of bands have kind of used that same vibe like Kublacon mm-hmm. has absolute um it's true bands have absolution and stuff so i was like well how can we do that because that it the word fits the theme of the album, so we were like, "How can we use something like that, but it not be, you know, a rip?" Basically, so yeah, we I found that and just sent it over, and we were like, "This is cool." You can't really find a lot of history on it because Latin shit's like super vague, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it's like uh, it's somewhere between absolute and uh, like dissolve, which is kind of cool too. And it just kind of worked its way into some songs and we were like, yeah, this is cool. So it just worked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and thus far you you were saying you didn't want to ruin the title track because obviously that's not out as of this podcast being recorded, but you do have uh, at least one single off the album, uh, hollow prison. Correct. Is that the only one that's um, actually we have two total Totem. and yep. hollow prison. Okay, yep, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Those were like probably some of the band's like fa- like favorites, you know. We uh, definitely reserved some other favorites for some other future releases. Um, when's this come out again? This oh man, uh, we re- we are kind of October, mid October. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, well yeah, Death Whistle will be out. Uh, yeah, um, and then yeah, I think we made the decision for hymns, right? Yeah, so the yeah. opening for the album is uh, is going to be coming out sometime right around the album as well. Right around the album release is September twenty fourth, so that'll mm-hmm. be out mm-hmm. by the time that as well. Yeah, yeah. but th- this is kind of cool being able to talk about what we're going to be able to release because <laughs> it's going to be out after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah. High future me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we do. You know, I knock these out so much. Uh, you know. Because we do one episode a week, right? And uh, yeah. there, there were times way earlier on where I would have to like, oh, we don't have anybody this week, you know what I mean? So 
when we get, uh, you know, I, I try to line everybody up and we get offers to have people on. Sometimes we take those, sometimes we don't, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I try to knock them out. So I am sitting on like, you know, eight episodes or something like that that are already done, which is cool. But obviously, yeah, it kind of definitely sick. It kind of sucks though that you know this will air like six weeks after or you know after we record this, which is cool because then obviously like we can talk about some things that maybe we wouldn't be able to talk about if like this came out this week or something like that. So oh, yeah, for sure. So like, that's actually really cool. You know what I mean? That's yeah. It be really cool. So obviously like you've already listened, like the listeners probably already listened to the album a couple of times because right? it's been out. Yeah, for a week man. I wonder if they're going to be like, I wonder. Oh yeah. Fucking. So they're already going to be like hearing all the clean singing and all that shit. That's going to be sick. Okay. So <laughs> is that, is that kind of like something that's differential uh, or different from, uh, your previous releases it's like you guys oh, incorporated yeah. some we, clean singing? Uh, yeah we implemented some clean singing into the record uh we kind of wanted to just like push ourselves as artists in a way and kind of just like expand our sound and just see what we can do you know what i mean like yeah. be brutally fucking heavy but at the same time actually express emotion in the song you know what i mean at mm-hmm. the right points and i feel like that we really did highlight that pretty well on this record yeah, it definitely wasn't forced either. That's one thing that was super like the music when the music called for it, we were like, oh, maybe we could, you know, get somebody to try singing on this and see how it, it sounds. And it just we were like when we heard it, we were like, yeah, that's sick. We're going to keep it, you know. So what, uh, so who who handles the clean scene? Is that someone that's internally in the band or did you guys were you surprised by that as well? Were you like, oh, my God, so and so can was, sing. Uh, it was um, performed by uh our old guitar player Corey. Mm. Um there but I created and wrote all his parts for him and kind of coached him through it. Um it was just like something that he really liked uh, to do and uh we kind of wanted to give him the opportunity to kind of do that. So uh and from this point on um I'll be handling that. I've been taking lessons to do more fronting of like the actual clean singing. Um Shout out to the Extreme Vocal Institute. Uh, David is yeah, the guy popular. that is uh, coaching me through this stuff. That's so cool. um, I'm in good. I'm in some good hands uh, learning how to take on the because like it's some ballsy yelling, like it's some ballsy singing, man. You right. know what I mean? Like uh, so, it's definitely a new chapter for me on like things to work on and get like fluent with, so we could perform the songs. You know what I mean? And plus, like, in the future, I'd like to kind of front some stuff and future material that if it calls it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I was Sorry. Go ahead, Bobby. Oh, it's OK. I was just going to say it's nice. It's nice to, that, to still be able to do it even, you know, after that time. So um, Dave's definitely stepping up a lot there. We've been practicing it a lot live to make sure we can recreate it and it's coming together. So that's cool. And uh did you, I mean, obviously if, if anyone, anyone can look up what, what you guys are referring to as well with, with your past member and whatnot, but um, did you ever think about not handling the vocal duties yourself because uh, Corey's no longer in the band or is that something that, you know, maybe you were, you would maybe look for in a replacement for Corey? Um, realistically, like uh, we're kind of just running it as is, you know what I mean? And um I would rather just take on the responsibility than try to find somebody that is just trying to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause realistically, like 
um, I wrote the parts for Corey and everything. And right. um, I don't know if like, say, hypothetically speaking, if we did get somebody that would sing that, like they would want to like kind of bring in their own stuff and, you know what I right, mean? Right, It'd right. be it, their, home, it, their it, own baggage kind of, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So um, I think that it's just better for me as a vocalist to handle it. You know what I mean? And plus uh, it helps me like kind of grow as mm-hmm, an artist mm-hmm. as well. Um, Cause like realistically me experimenting and trying to find the correct tone, I've been finding other tones that are pretty neat you know what i mean and um there's a side of me where like i want to experiment with other styles of music or just in my own personal time from doing this you know what i mean um so yeah yeah that's cool um so did you ever at one point think about maybe because obviously as of we're, as we're talking now the the you only have the uh two singles out and it I don't think there's that much, if any, clean singing in either of those singles. Oh, no. Uh, whenever we release Death Whistle on September 6th, um, that's going to be the first shed of light to the clean singing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it's in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just like sprinkled in there and just like the right touch of it, you know what I mean? Right. And um, the real uh, strong like singing song i would have to say is dreaming desecration um it just has like this real powerful chorus in there um and nice bridge it just it's real crispy um we were considering playing that live um before but just given the circumstances we kind of decided to just shelf it and kind of let it be its thing it's kind of the same thing we've done with like the collection which had um matt honeycutt and um Nick Arthur from Altov Solution on it is it's like if we can't really recreate it the way it's supposed to be, we'd rather it just kind of be its own special thing, you know, and just kind of it's cool. It's that's how it's supposed to sound, you know. We don't want to go and and botch it, right, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, respectfully, like <laughs> just uh, we'd rather play to our strong suits, I guess. But right. we are going to be playing Death Whistle in the future. Um, that doesn't have too much singing on it. And it's one of our favorite songs, I think. The first well, we're going to Boundless Manifestation has clean singing in it too. We're going to be playing that okay. on that Born of Osiris tour. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that tour in a little bit here. But uh, to to kind of keep going with the you know the clean singing and such yeah. uh, with Corey uh, with Corey not no longer being in the band, and you obviously haven't released those tracks yet. Did you did it ever cross your mind, David, to maybe like re-record those parts? to you know oh you can't do that at this stage of mm-hmm. everything like that's what uh a lot of people don't understand is that like once you submit an entire album uh to your like platforms that it's there mm-hmm. like you have songs that are already scheduled out yeah like there's a whole initial campaign planned and a lot of like outsiders really don't understand that you know what i mean they think that we control every aspect and it's not like that at all Mm -hmm. um whenever you're doing a release of this caliber it is uh very planned out like i had my uh my schedule shit like a year ago like Mm -hmm. i knew like how everything was going to be planned out to the week you know what i mean and um sprinkling in some like like cool collabs, like what we're doing with like the hollow prison long sleeve with despised icon, 
like we sprinkle some stuff in like that every like here and there, you know what I mean? Just to keep it exciting for everybody right. and have some new fresh stuff. Um, but yeah, like I would like, there's a side of me where like, I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool if I could, but realistically, like there, that's not in the cards. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, you kind of got to work with what we already have in motion. And we finished recording in March, um, you know, and then this, this is year? now March of this yeah. year. Okay. A March of this year. Yeah. Um, and so that's been submitted, you know, to the label and to all the streaming platforms and, you know, the, like the CDs have been pressed, you know, vinyls are being pressed, you know, and there's such a backup on vinyl now where it's oh, like, yeah, of course. so if we were to change, you know, something, it's like, that wouldn't even change until the next release of the album, which would change. It would just, you know, there's really nothing at this point. There's really nothing we could do about it. We were just kind of had to eat it. We we're like, well, that's, you know, it is what it is. Luckily there's not a ton of thing. I guess I don't want to say luckily, but um, just, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where we're, we are ha- still happy with the product. I think mm, like yeah. it hasn't really changed how I feel about the product and, and, you know, I think that we wrote the songs for them to be that way. And at this point, changing them, even if we could change them, would completely kind of change the vibe, you know? So um, I'd just rather just keep moving forward. You know, our next album will obviously be different for whatever. You could also, you know, you know, in like six months or whatever, release a deluxe version and maybe, you know, have you singing David on it instead of, you know, the original uh, the original singing that was on it, you know, just throwing out ideas here, fellas. Yeah. See, <laughs> we were actually thinking about doing um, like a cool repack of everything for like fans and stuff where it includes some like live footage, uh, like, li- like it's like a DVD setting mm-hmm. where like you'd get like a live show and stuff. Uh, I'm, it's just like some cool little insider stuff. If anyone listens to this and you know what I mean? Like they'll be like, Oh yeah, that could be cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like some stuff like insider stuff that we're thinking about for deluxe, like later down the line. Um, I don't know if Jamie's going to get mad for me talking about that, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry, Jamie. (laughs) So, uh, to kind of piggyback off of, you know, what we're talking about with your past members and stuff like that, obviously you guys have had some people, uh, leave the band and stuff come out. And obviously people in the band stuff have come out and you've separated yourself from that. My my question to you is how does the band deal with that as well as like, you know, cause obviously you're going to get some kind of negativity that is either warranted and unwarranted depending on, you know, who's coming at you or, you know, fans, this, that, the other, how does the band kind of like take that and deal with it? And how do you kind of like move forward from that? Well, um, I'd say like, unfortunately, like member changes have just been a big part of signs of the swarm. Like it just kind of, is what it is, and we've had to accept that. Um, I've I've been in the band since twenty early twenty fifteen, and the band like officially formed in twenty fourteen. Um, but most of the people who were in the band at that time um, were not in the band when I joined in twenty fifteen. So even from the first album, Census Order, Corey did write a lot of that. Um, but I'd say about half of it was written by people who weren't even in the band when that album was recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was recorded by uh, Corey CJ, the, the original drummer, Greg Charlie. Um, so really like 
it's been such a, the, the band is changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just something we've been used to since the very beginning. And I personally have kind of always had this just like, I, I remember being like, what, so 2015, I was, uh, I, don't know, I was like 19, 20 years old. And I remember just seeing like Facebook videos of the band practicing in the practice, like their practice spot. And I was like, this band is sick. I want to be a part of this, you know? And I kind of got my in playing guitar. Cause like I said, a lot of the members had changed, you know, like immediately after writing some of the first songs mm-hmm. I just band playing guitar because I just wanted to do something different. I'm usually a drummer. Um, That's our cool. drummer, our drummer at the time quit. I had to go. So I, I was like, well, we couldn't find a drummer. I'll play drums, I guess. It's easier to find a guitar player. Um, so we had somebody come in and then I was like, oh, we need a bass player. I can do that for a little while. <laughs> I ended up playing bass for a while. Back to drums. Um, you know, it's just personally, I've always had this just drive for the band where like I know that at least the majority, like the band is good people and like I believe in the band and I like I will do anything that I have to to continue the band, whether that's means I have to change what I'm playing or what role I'm doing. Um, and I'm in a unique spot where like it, it wouldn't be as easy for like Dave. Dave is like the, you know, the vocalist. He's like the main guy, mm-hmm. front man. You know? But I'm kind of, I've always just been like in the background <laughs> doing whatever I have to do to help keep the band right. going. In the last couple albums, I've had a bigger hand in writing as well. Um, like, whereas the first two albums were basically like the two original core members were Corey and CJ. They kind of had the most hand in that. But over the last couple of years, I've had more of an opportunity to write. And then this album, um, pretty much from Pernicious on, uh, we wrote and produced in my house uh, with my studio. And I did a lot of the writing for that. Uh, we did a lot of work over Skype during COVID the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I guess like the too long didn't read is just um, I'm, you know, we are always pushing forward. You know what I mean? Um, everybody in the band is good at writing music um, and we all kind of have a, an agreement on what signs of the swarm should sound like, you know? Mm-hmm. So everybody's pretty confident, you know, as people come and go as it is unfortunate, like we, no matter what has happened, we do love and care about these people. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like this the band is our priority and yeah. whatever we have to do to keep it going, we will do, you know what I mean? Um, so that's really, that's, that's pretty much it. And uh, how, since there's so many member changes that have been going on throughout the you know the last six years, seven years, um, are there any original members still left in the band or is it all just kind of like people that have kind of come along and, you know, one guy comes in another guy leaves at another time and, and, are we still? Yeah, I would. Uh, I believe that Bobby is the pillar. Um, he sounds signs. like he's the longest one, longest member. Yes, in the band, yeah. um, but I can't like really say I'm like original because technically I I I was around. I was in the very first music video for the band, um, and I was around for the recording process of that. But I didn't write any of the music for that mm-hmm. album. That was yeah. by Corey and people like I said who were in the band, but then had quit to start they're actually in like another local band called united by hate which is a great band and they're great dudes um but yeah so like they all kind of went their separate way and started doing something else like immediately after um writing for that band and they took some of the songs for that band as well but not everything um so yeah i mean i i consider myself an original member but i some people do not (laughs) and i understand why yeah um, i've been around for you know all the good and the bad so 
Um, well, here's some more good coming. Obviously, you have a new album coming out, so you know maybe it's a new turning yeah. of the page. Which, by the way, speaking of turning of the page, let's talk about Absolveries or Absolvery. Absolveries. Yeah, you gotta get color. that right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm great. I'm great at pronunciations. If you've listened to the podcast, and if people have listened to this, they know that I jumble and fuck <laughs> all the time. So it's that's just my like, little go to. That's like you know my little niche. But anyway, yeah, the album cover is kind of unique in a way because it does like like I just said with the turning of the pages. I don't think that's probably anything that you guys thought ahead of. You know what I mean? Because obviously things just transpired the way they have. But it does have you know um, a unique album cover. So do you guys want to like express about like what maybe that what that means and who did the album art? Um, we actually went through um, a friend of ours, Gaber. Um, he did a fantastic job on the album. Um, the whole page thing, uh, that's kind of something that I kind of always have had, like, as, like, a key phrase in my life, like, oh, it's time to move on to the next chapter type deal. And I kind of wanted to implement that into the music itself. I wanted to add more personal touches to it. Um, so... With that, uh, like the album art is like basically a combination of key elements from all the songs. Like the cage on the humanoid is Hollow Prison. Um, the book uh, dissolving into the face that is for the title track. Um, the like little daggers coming out of the spine that's the Obsidian Blade for uh, Blood Seal. Um, it's kind of uh, just a just a melting pot for all the songs and that's kind of like where the image kind of came from and um we kind of like wanted to have like a humanoid but it kind of be its own thing and it we just kind of wanted to give like kind of like the hyperwave vibe to it you know what i mean uh compared to compared to all the other bands on our label like if you see like the lineups which is not to throw shade at all we love like all the bands that were on the label but a lot of the album marks are the same kind of painting style, which we have done before as well. But it's like, if you see it, if you look at them all lined up, ours definitely jumps out and looks completely different. Um, which is like, that's, that's was the big thing for me. It was mm-hmm. just, it's going to look different from other people that kind of have the same sound as we do, you know, the death core, typical death core, death metal style. So we were just kind of hoping like, Oh, you see that? It's like, it's just eye grabbing as well, you know, it definitely right. grabs your attention. Yeah, and then uh, we also kind of like took a different approach about marketing our logo on it as well. Um, like if you look at the front, our, you can't see our name on it at yeah, all. You just say, see the title like, track yeah. and then you flip it around and then you just see this humanoid's hand with our name branded on its hand. And like they, it was just a different way to like kind of market our logo where it's not the standard like, oh, I have my logo taking out some of this artwork that is very visually pleasing, you know what I mean? So why not implement it to the artwork itself? And uh, that's kind of like how we like kind of like branded it, you know what I mean? Because realistically, like you can't even see the the title track, like all the title tracks until you're actually inside the album. It kind of, we wanted to kind of like push people to, actually read this stuff and go into the booklet, check it out. Like people got, if they got the deluxe, uh, they got a nice like picture booklet, you know what I mean? Like images to like kind of represent the entire song. Um, just very different 
You know what I mean? That uh, those images are also available on the tarot cards that we have. Um, yeah. It was just a very different spin on everything. Like we wanted to do we all overall with the album art, we just wanted a different approach mm. and uh, kind of just be that standout artwork, you know? Yeah. It sounds like, um, sounds like the band is kind of not evolving, but maybe, maybe evolving would be the, the good word, the, you know, the better word to describe it because I don't necessarily, I can't off the top of my head right now being put on the spot by myself. I can't, pick and choose another maybe deathcore or a heavy band like around the same genre as you guys that does incorporate a lot of clean singing uh and stuff so it kind of sounds like you know you not that you're leaving deathcore behind by all means but you're kind of trying to evolve past maybe the you know stigma of being a deathcore band whereas you're thinking about things where like you said the marketing and the artwork is a little different than than you know your other label mates how it stands out and obviously the clean singing obviously is going to stand out as well so um and you guys are going on tour um i don't know have you have you guys been able to play shows yet or is the born of osiris no, tour going to be the first tour um actually our first tour will be our headliner tour that we leave for in uh two weeks um it is the release tour uh of our album uh we're going to be playing some new songs um we're going to be playing uh, Hymns of Invocation, Totem, Revelations of a Silent King, Death Whistle, um, plus some other uh, like newer songs like Pernicious. And um, we're playing some stuff off of Vital Deprivation and Disfigurement. Just all around, just trying to highlight every album for that. Uh, kind of just like for all the old fans, for all like the new fans. And then for people that haven't don't even know what our materials like yet we're playing it before it's released um we are kind of evolving a little bit but at the same time like we can tell it's when we when we play that our set live like nothing really seems out of place even the songs that do kind of have singing in it which is kind of interesting not something that i really thought about while writing it but when we started playing it it's actually kind of cool to like hear it all you know mesh together and it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. when we were writing we were just like we kept kind of joking. I mean, we've all, especially over the last couple of years, gotten into some, like, um, I don't know, we're all into, like, these big, I mean, everybody's into these bands, you know, like Mishoga, right. all these big, massive bands and stuff. It's like... I was just thinking about Bleed last night, I, you know, I don't know why, that that song, con, you said Mishoga, and I literally was, like, thinking about the song. <laughs> <Bleed>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, just, <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah, damn, that song like, is so oh. fucking good. But anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Bobby. Keep going. No, that's okay. No, we've, we've definitely just, like, we kept joking and just being like, make it huge, make it big, make it bigger, make it sound, you know? So like we, you know, there's like some of the songs have like 15 layers of guitars mm. and like 30 layers of uh, just random effects, like industrial noises, sledgehammers, like um, noises. Glass I breaking. In, yeah. Noises that I made in my basement, like hitting off of poles in my basement and shit. And just like anything that we could think of to fill out the sound, um, I'd say like half the time was spent writing music on guitar and, you know, we program drums and I go record them and then Dave does his vocals. And then the other half of the time was just like me and Dave, well, Dave a lot on his like uh, doing MIDI work and me just like making random noises and shit in my basement, like <laughs> just building on the sounds. Um, Not going to lie. I totally forgot fun. that I did the MIDI work on the album. <laughs> 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 no, like a lot of it was just, uh, uh, just, Filling out sound, that's kind of like Totem and Hollow Prison 
aren't necessarily like the heaviest songs um, or actually far from the heaviest songs on the album, but they kind of have this big, um, I feel like they represent a good chunk of the album as a whole, just kind of like the, the huge sound, you know, mm-hmm. just a yeah, lot just of- like kind of capturing like the big like choruses and stuff that's in there. I know what you're talking about, dude. Like- yeah. It's a, uh, I feel like it's going to be a treat for people who, who like that, but still like the other, you know, the older stuff. And then right. they got to spin the album. And there's a couple of tracks on there that sound like they could be off of our older albums, you know? And it's like, I think that's going to be a treat for people who are uh, like what we're doing, you know, but, but still want to hear the old stuff and, and take the time to listen to the album. Um, for me, when I listen to it, it's very, it's, it's got a good arc, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it starts out kind of with this newer sound, a little faster, more aggressive, into the singing um we have this big epic instrumental track and then it just takes off the whole second half of the album um and that's another thing too we wrote the album pretty much in order that it shows up on the on the album so like yeah i think the only two that got switched were what uh dreaming and uh totem uh it was boundless and dreaming so two oh yeah 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 but yeah so like we would write it and be like instead of you know just writing songs and then putting them together we were writing and thinking like, okay, this is how we want the next song to be. And then we had like, we wrote a song and we were like, okay, that one might be better, like third instead of second. So that's how that got switched around. But yeah, so by the time that you get to the end of the album, it's like, it sounds like us, but this is a Death Whistle is the final song on the album. We're going to be releasing it uh, before this comes out, obviously. But uh, it's like just the, the final fucking build up, you know, this big, epic, long track, like mm-hmm. something we've always wanted to do. Um, and it just worked out so well. Like when I listen to that song, when I listen to the album and I get to that song, almost start tearing up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like the culmination of all these things. Uh, it just hits. Well, yeah, you lived it and you, you know, you, you did the whole thing. And speaking of that, you said you have a studio in your house. Do you kind of like, do you guys like handle most of that stuff in internally? And do you like, do you send off your recordings to be mix and master or is that something you also handle internally as well uh, bobby actually recorded all guitars and bass uh it, we so we did that internally on his rig he came to my house brought all his stuff over and we kind of just like locked ourselves in my bedroom for like what like a week yeah like tracking that, all that shit i do have a studio quote unquote in my basement but it's really just a home studio i mean if if you were to see it, you'd probably laugh. You know what I mean? It just looks like <laughs> yeah, shit, like some kid's studio, basically, which is really what it is. Like, I actually never even had a computer in my life until about three years ago, and I'm 26 now. So um, you almost like, escaped, man. You almost escaped, but you, now you gave in, and now yeah, you have technology. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this has been like the first year or so is just a huge learning curve of like learning how to use software and and everything, and then. Um, starting to write, you know, I, I wrote the the first single, well, the single we put out last year, like this time last year was pernicious. I started writing that around this time last year. And I was like, okay, I can kind of do this, you know, I'm like learning how to soundscape and stuff and, and make things sound how they should. And yeah, so we did all the guitars and bass, mostly just to save money. And because I had done all the demos at my house and I was like, I know exactly how we want this to sound, you know, that's something that can get lost with guitars and stuff because to really especially with the kind of music we do to really get it perfect it takes a lot of time and time is money you know mm-hmm, in a studio mm-hmm. so um with guitars and stuff it was just much easier to do it um myself but yeah we just do uh di tracks 
and we send them off to Christian Donaldson, and he reamps them. Um, and then drums we record with uh, Shane Meyer and vocals as well with Shane Meyer and Pittsburgh. Um, and then we send all that off to Christian. He does all the mixing and mastering. Cool. And the everyone in the band, I'm assuming, is is from Pittsburgh, or is there people that live outside of Pittsburgh? I'm a little bit outside of Pittsburgh, like well, you know, general area or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all within within like an hour at the most of the okay. city. Okay, because yeah. sometimes on the on this podcast, it's like, no, so and so lives in Arizona, and I live in Maine, and we're all, you know, we just do everything through Zoom, and so we've had a know. lot of, you know, we the last year we've done a lot through like Skype and Zoom, just because obviously, of the yeah, everything. But um, yeah, we've all grow, we all grew up going to the same. Well, I, not grew up. I was just older by the time I got out there. I had to start driving, but like. Dave and Jeff, you know, grew up going to shows together. They were in another band together in Providence. Yeah, literally, like, I've known Jeff for, shit, like, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, kind of rare, you know what I mean? Because sometimes, especially in this industry, it's like, you know, either people, I mean, obviously people do meet through their local scenes and such, but also there are people that don't know each other prior to, you know, like, joining the band in general, and a lot of people don't necessarily realize that some bands, not not all bands, but some bands are not I don't want to say put together, but obviously they do kind of get put together. So it's it's kind of rare sometimes to see like a band that's known each other, you know, for X amount of years and they've they're either went to school together or they grew up going to the same shows and they just kind of clicked up in their scene. So it's kind of interesting, you know, to get some of the backstory of that. Yeah, like um Jeff was uh one he was in a band forever ago and uh it was actually one of the bands I wanted that got me to like, want to try to be a vocalist. Cause like I saw their band and I was like, yo, that's so sick. You know what I mean? And, um, I used to like always be like, Hey dude, let's jam, let's jam. You know what I mean? And kind of just like grew into a friendship of just like him fucking with me about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, then like a couple years down the line, seeing him at a show and I was like, yo, I need a guitar player. And then he joined my brand in Providence for a while. So I really got to gauge like, who he is and everything like that and kind of grew into a friendship from there. And uh, then like never Jacob told us he was leaving to continue barbering and at full time and everything uh, shit. That was like close to like a year and a half ago. He told us that. And um, I was like, Hey, I know this really good guy. Um, pretty much he fishes and plays guitar. <laughs> So, and then like, he got to like actually sit down with Bobby and I believe that they've became close over the time of all of us, like kind of like getting acquainted over the album and everything. And uh, yeah, like, honestly, I'm grateful for like my scene because uh, the Pittsburgh scene, it's very like close, you know what I mean? It's like, if you go to a show, you can literally be like, I know that person because of this person and knows them and mm-hmm. like it's you, real like you could talk to people and you know what i mean like it's when, a small city really yeah that's really it you know like you go and then it's like a family reunion almost whenever you go like shit i went to kublai Khan and i am recently because that came through the my city and uh like shit it was my first show back of the pandemic and yeah, i was gonna ask yeah, it was first one of the since the pandemic and everything. And first show that wasn't my show as well in three years. Mm. So um it was uh very, very exciting and got it's to see a lot of friends last and show shit. Was 
the last show I saw before the pandemic in March was KubaCon, and then the first show back. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Since you went to it, since you've been to a show and you hadn't been to it, you probably hadn't been around a large group of people in a long period yeah. of time. Uh, I wanted I wanted to know if you maybe experienced because I also went to a show. I mean, I've gone to shows too since then. But uh, did you experience like anything? I, 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 not during the show, but afterwards. Did you have like the sniffles or anything like that? Because I no, I don't think I'm uh, I'm fully I'm vaccinated. Well, no, I mean I wasn't thinking about that, but I think oh. like, what I was trying to get at because like when I went to my show, when I went to the show, it was the first time I was around like a large group of people, and I don't think like. You know, I, I hadn't been used to getting in other people's germs or whatever. So oh, like, I'm sick right now because last week I went to see Green Day with my family, which is like <laughs> people. Yeah, that, that uh, tour came they, through here too. And I played a gig Saturday. I filled in for a band, and it was a uh, it was a sold out show in a basement uh, of a pizza shop, which was sick. <laughs> but yeah, so it was like a hundred people in a space the size of like you know a kitchen, and like. Uh, and then we, you know, we practice as well. And it's something about being like, I, I don't, I've been doing music for a long time. So I'm pretty comfortable around people and everything, but even just not doing it for so long, I was oh, like, yeah. this is weird, man. It made me uncomfortable, you know, almost yeah. like social things, like just talking to people, I'd be talking to people and just be like, okay, like I gotta, like, I'm going to go to the bathroom or whatever, you know, just to kind of get like breathe a little bit. And uh, but yeah, I've been getting this, I've had the sniffles. I actually just got a COVID test today. Just to make sure, right? That I was, uh, and I'm everything's fine, but yeah, same yeah. happened with me. I, I got, I, I hadn't been around anybody, and then the next thing you know, I'm around 200 people for like the first time in a year and a half or something like that. And uh, my buddies who own the venue, I like texted them because we, you know, we're kind of close. And I was like, hey man, I was like, anyone else feeling a little sniffly? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And then, um, you know, of course, like the first thought that goes through your head is like, oh no, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, a couple of days went by and I started feeling like a lot better. And then obviously I got, I, I was hanging out with my uh, dad later in the week and my sisters were freaking out. Cause I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm not like, I wasn't sick, but I was like, I just feel not well. Like, you know, I'm sniffly, got a little bit of a nake here and there, but again, like I, you know, I tested twice throughout the week and it was both negative. So I was like, I guess, I guess my body just hadn't really been around other people in so long or in, in mass form like that, that it just was like a shock or something. So I'm trying to, I guess I, what I want to say is, um, what I want to try to get out there is people that probably haven't been to shows yet and that are probably going to start going to shows, they may experience something similar, <laughs> but don't freak out. You know what I mean? It, it might not be the worst. Um, Me and myself and, and three of the other people who were in that band I was feeling good for, um, and the photographer, <coughs> all were feeling sick. So, you know, we all got tested just to be sure. And everybody's came back negative. Everybody yeah. just has like a little head cold. I've got some sore throat. And I was like, I did actually, I had COVID last year when it first hit. I, I got it like immediately. Um, How was that? And so, uh, it was, it was actually not too bad for me. Um, I knew some other people, uh, like I have roommates and stuff who had it pretty bad, you know, or for lost them, their taste for like a month or two. And mm-hmm. my, mine was maybe like a week and I was fine, but yeah, my yeah, sister so got it just, too. And she, it was pretty bad for her and she got it more recently, but she, uh, she was down and out for like 10, 10 days. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I got really lucky. But just because of that, I've been like, I know what it feels like, you know, like I'm as soon as I get that sniffle, I'm like, let's go I'm getting that test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hit the chat this morning. I was like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, it's been like three days. I'm feeling like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's always good. But it's always good to know, too. You know what I mean? And luckily, they either uh, 
because I, I don't know how it is around you, but we have we have areas where you can still get free testing. But I, you know, I just went to like the CVS, Walgreens, or whatever pharmacy is near me, and I bought uh, the take home test or whatever, like twenty bucks. So I did that, and obviously it was negative. But you know, I whatever. I I, I think I personally had it too before everything popped off because. I got super Dude, sick. I swear to God. I got super like, sick. On that shadow of intent well, tour, bro, fucking all, I swear, we got, we were like dying. And a lot of people <laughs> I've talked to, a lot of people I've talked to have said the same thing, especially bands on tour. Like, you know, they're like, dude, so-and-so was fucking like so ill. And, you know, you know, it, so. I got I an email video of uh, when we were on, it was us, Shadow of Intent, Born with Cyrus and Fairy. And we were in Atlanta, I think, right after we played in, um, not Atlanta, we were, Coming from Atlanta, we were in like uh, South Carolina, Greensboro or something. And there's a video of like 10 dudes on the tour package curled up on the floor, on the couches, everybody just like puking, yeah. fucking, you know, cold. When sick. was this? When, what, what, like what month was this? Uh, it was January. January. of Dude, that's the same fucking time that yeah. I was doing the same thing. I was like, I'd never, and this might be TMI for those who are listening, but I've, I've had a big fear of like, you know, this more than likely when you're like hungover in your earlier years, my, one of my biggest fears was like throwing up and having to shit at the same time. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things. It's one of those fears. Cause you don't want to like, what do you do? Like, do you, you know, you, you can only, there's only one place where both that stuff goes. So it's yeah. like, what do you do? Uh, but I kind of like experienced a little bit of that earlier in January, 2020, when I got like sick, I was like, why am I throwing up and having diarrhea at the same time? And it was like, all my fears just like a culminating into one. So it's, it's good to hear that other people were having similar symptoms around the same time. Well, all right, so it's so funny. Cause that venue had one bathroom in the basement. Right. Mm. <laughs> so there's like this constant line of like 10 sick tour, you know, gross, sweaty tour dudes. But in the, in the bathroom had a shower as well, thankfully. But like this, so there'd be like people in the shower section, like puking, mm. people in the fucking toilet section going. Uh, it's, it's it's too rough. much. But yeah, man, that was that was rough. So and then go ahead. We were all good, like two days. Later. I remember going on stage that night and we cut a song um, because I was I was playing like I wasn't even moving, man. Like I was just playing like this for like 20 minutes you know (laughs) did you guys finish that tour out and like how long was everyone like out for on the tour like obviously you had like 10 guys that were incapacitated for a little bit but we all did it Um, i think that was like maybe five shows left from that point and everybody just kind of after like two days we're all good but that first night was terrible and then the second day we all had to play it was pretty rough yeah, I had like I think three or four days of just like, what the fuck, dude? Like I had never, never felt like that. And then of course, like you know, two, three months later, everything, everything pops off, and I was like, oh wait, that guy, I, yeah. I felt the same kind of thing. Um, so let's. Uh, there's there's two other questions. I uh, not two other questions, but there's two questions I definitely want to ask, and each of you have a. It's you know, one is for David, one is for Bobby. So uh, David, I'll start with you. You mentioned earlier in this this podcast that you kind of been working with the extreme vocalist, uh, extreme metal vocalist guy. And he's someone yeah, I've been working with him for years, man. Uh, he helped me through, uh, vital deprivation. Cause, uh, we were going through in a very expensive studio. And, um, so like I kind of was on crunch time whenever it came to doing vocals and, uh, like I blew my voice out because I was just going balls to the wall. You know what I mean? And, um, I was using different gear. I wasn't, used to using like i was using a manly reference mic that's a very expensive mic um so like i had i wasn't allowed to touch it you know what i mean and i'm used to like 
holding my mic right. and like getting different like styles of like put like projection and stuff and um so i just blew my in short i just blew my voice out and he helped me through that and from there um we kind of just became really good friends and uh yeah he's been kind of just trooping me through that yeah he's someone that i kind of recently in the last year maybe has popped on my radar um i didn't really you know through instagram of all places like i would just be going through the reels and the next thing you know i see this guy who's doing all these weird vocal stuff and i'm like is this for real? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, yeah. yeah. So it was cool to see like the more that he started popping up, obviously. Cause like I watched his stuff and then went to his page. And then of course the algorithm was like, Oh, you want this? So I would see a lot of his content. And then I started to realize like, Oh, this guy is actually like working with a lot of people, not just, you know, people on the internet that maybe want to learn how to sing, but he's also, or, or you know, be a extreme metal vocalist person, but he also works, you know, with bands and he has bands and, you know, he's, he was yeah, a lot bigger than I thought he was. Off. Yeah, he uh, actually just did um, a Lamb of God cover with, yeah. uh, what the hell is his name? It's like Richardson. Richardson. That's it. I knew I couldn't get it first. Name. I got the last. What yeah. was his name? Sorry, Bobby, you cut out. What was his name? Oh, Luke Holland and Jason Richardson. Okay, yeah. Yeah, They're, which are legends, I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's so cool for him. We yeah. met him at first. He came out to... In 2017 or maybe early 2018, we did a short, like, two-week tour with Lorna Shore, like, right when they started popping off real heavy. And uh, he came out to our show our first day in New Jersey with, with them. And we that's when we met him for the first time. And he's just, he's just been such a nice, supportive person of the band, you know? Yeah, he definitely he seems like that on the exterior yeah. through his, like, well, I only know him through social media, but, uh, and I don't even know him through social I just know him from watching him. I haven't even talked to him or anything like that, but he you seems like a, him. yeah, he seems like a yeah, very genuine person. Honestly, literally that energy you get from his videos, that's the exact person he is. Like, cool. he's a, like, phenomenal person. Um, his entire team over at uh, Extreme Metal Vocal Institute is just, top-notch man what's his name Crazy. what's his actual name uh david bernese okay because i only know I him by the extreme metal vocalist i think it's benitez benitez oh, yeah. I, thought, I always say bernese as long as i know as long as i know it's david i'm cool with that you know it's easy to remember yeah. my name's david your name's david we'll all, we'll all yeah. just be david's together hell yeah dude well dave let's go yeah <laughs> also i noticed we're all the third not the creep Dave's the third. I'm the third. You're the third. I saw in that email. It's kind of Let's fun. Go. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. You know, um, fucking royalty, baby. Let's third go. times a charm, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so my other question, Bobby, is something you brought up in this podcast, which kind of like I should have expanded upon it when you said that. But like, how the hell do you go 23 years without having a computer, dog? not only that but like how do you like not use i mean obviously probably i would assume you probably used one in school growing up and such like that but like you know for someone who just got a computer in the last like handful of years you're already doing like recording stuff and everything like that like i don't want to like be like was it hard to learn the computer because obviously you (laughs) might have used a computer prior but you didn't own a computer until 23 so no, when I was young, when I was in like high school, I had a laptop um, that I used for. But I within like a year and a half, I totally ruined it by torrenting music. But just come back to haunt me now, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, and I was like, yeah, like I, I was in bands, like local bands, as a kid a lot, and people would just be like, oh, check this out, check this out, you know. Or I'd download stuff for other people, LimeWire, Pirate Bay, and I just gave that computer like AIDS pretty much. So 
after that one, um, I just, I started touring really heavy and I was always playing with like DIY bands, local bands that I just could never afford to get a computer. Like I was always just living paycheck to paycheck. And so, and I never needed one cause I just played drums, you know, or I'd just play guitar and, and do demos with other people. But finally I was like, I want to start being able to, I had a phone too, of course, which, right. you know, if you have a phone, you don't really need a computer and it's just nice to have. Right. But, um, yeah, I was like, I want to get into being able to demo my own music because the band's kind of taken off a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I just picked it up and I, I got into uh, PreSonus Studio One. It's just like super user friendly, easy to use um, digital workstation. And there's tons. It's super cheap. There's like a couple hundred bucks, gets you monitors, interface, the the um, the DAW, everything. Um and there's tons of videos uh, online, you know, for that program in particular, and it's cheap. So I went with that and just started doing it, man, and try lots of trial and error. Even, I mean, of course, I'm still learning, but like definitely, um, like I said, we started with those two singles last year, kind of helped me learn to do it. And then when we dove in, by the time we got into the album, I was like feeling pretty confident, you know, about how to do stuff. And I, and learning how to most of it's like not so much the writing but like the technical side of like a digital workstation like um exporting everything you know making sure everything's just fucking perfect is such a hassle when you're working with like 10 songs like 70 80 tracks 100 tracks for one of the songs like making sure everything's in its place not you know but it's it's I'm just some guy like anybody can do it. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. I am also like, some guy who's done it. Just, my, I haven't done. It just takes time. It just right. takes so much time. And like, I'm super grateful to have like a, uh, to have like a supportive girlfriend who like is okay with me spending 10 hours a day in my basement on a computer, you know, like when yeah. I'm not at work. So yeah, I was going to ask, you know? I was going to ask, cause you were talking about like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And obviously the band is getting more popular and more popular as time goes on. And, this out of the other, and hopefully with this new album, it's even you know more popular, obviously, and you get more fan base and more uh, revenue incoming, obviously. But what do you guys do when you're not in the uh, when you're not touring or not in the band? Do you guys like have other jobs that you work in the in the real world? Well, I just like I had put in my after we did that shout out intent tour last year, and then we went overseas for the second time to uh, Asia. Um, I was like, things are going well, like making enough money to pay my bills while I'm on tour, you know, like, which is really all I could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just like, I, I've actually, I put in my two weeks at my job at the time and then the pandemic hit <laughs> and my, my boss, you know, I kept working and my boss was like, uh, he's like, so are you just going to like keep working? I'm like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, there's nothing else I could do. Um, so yeah, I've been working in food for the last couple of years. Uh, I, which I mean, I've worked in food a lot over the years. I've had, I worked in retail for five years. I worked in food for like five years. I worked warehouse jobs. I went to college for two years, but then I started touring super heavy and just fell off of it. Uh, but yeah, I actually just put in my two weeks again <laughs> next week, <laughs> next Tuesday, um, since we're hitting the road. Um, we don't have everything announced right now, but basically every, every other month for the next like eight months, we have a tour. Planned. That's good. So um, I, I was like, now's the time. I'm just going to, dive in you know i've been saving for a, a long time <laughs> yeah that's important there that would Get be the important one 
and then Dave Dave's been doing some work as well. Yeah, um, I uh, I used to weld before the band. Interesting. Um, like I it, I kind of just like dropped that entire like career choice uh, to join Signs, and um, over like previous years in Signs, I used to like manage a vape company. Um, and then, uh, I quit that and like around the same time frame, Bobby was saying where he quit his job. Uh, I was just, I was starting to make money doing what I loved, you know what I mean? And I really didn't need to have a secondary job. Uh, then the pandemic hit and then, um, I kind of got into hardscapes and, uh, I've what's, been, what's like, hardscapes? Um, like building like patios, retaining walls, ah, okay, uh, okay, okay, st- like concrete work and stuff, gotcha. heavy machinery. Um, just kind of got into that because like I kind of don't mind doing like physical labor. It kind of makes the time go by faster than just doing like a warehouse job or something. You yeah, know and you I mean? you said earlier you'd kind of like like to work out in the morning anyway, so you yeah you would seem like I'm you kind saying. of like uh, you know like the physical aspect of it. Which yeah, kudos to you for do. being a morning person because I'm not mad at all. <laughs> Yeah, see, like, um, I, I I don't mind it at all. Um, like, I actually just stopped working last week, actually, just to start prepping for tour and uh, doing all the advances and stuff for our tours and shit like that. Plus, I'm going on vacation, like I was telling you earlier. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm probably going to end up working just because I get bored. You know what I mean? Like I get like I just like it stir like sickness being stuck in the house yep. all day. Um, so like I might come, like I might go back in the winter whenever we have time off after our fit for an autopsy tour. Um, it's like we have like a, maybe like two or three months off before we do um, our bigger circuit where that's like worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that'll be announced or not by this being released or not. So I don't want to spill the beans on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, coming though fellas yeah, yeah honestly like that's like the game changer tour fucking we hit that and then uh we do and a larger circuit out in foreign countries so it'll be about like two and a half months worth of touring straight so it's going to be a big accomplishment for us because we've done something like this before you know what i mean but uh it's a little bit bigger than last occurrence that we did it you know Cool. Really and, hoping that I can get into doing more, um, more studio work and filling in when I'm not on tour with signs, just to supplement. I do do uh, teaching some drum lessons as well, but I haven't been doing it as much lately because I've been so busy with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I, I love that. Just any time I can get like some drumsticks in my hand is a better day. You know? Yeah, so, I feel you. I feel you. Any um, day I can. You kind of talked about going to Asia. What was that like? Like in, because I don't normally, I mean, like in my head, I don't necessarily, I mean, depending on what Asian country you're talking about, maybe. Uh, Deathcore seems to be kind of, mm, I wouldn't assume it reaching, I mean, not that it doesn't reach out there, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like it does, it seems weird that, you know, Asian countries would kind of gravitate towards. Uh, death Corp. But again, I say that and I, I know that like some Southeastern Asian places are like really big into hardcore. So, you know. Yeah. See, like, honestly, man, I was genuinely surprised whenever we uh, hit these foreign countries. Like, um, for example, like 
our first time in Japan, I literally shit my pants for how many people we played for. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it was at that point in time, the biggest shows we were probably playing and we were on some heavier set tours. You、mm. know what I mean? Like, so like they're decent. They're like better than decent. You know what I mean? That first tour we kind of lucked out with it was because we were, it was 2019, uh, early 2019. We were supposed to go with, uh, supporting, Within the ruins and a virgin's crown. And within about a month of us leaving, they, both those bands、uh, unfortunately had to drop the tour. And so the people who were booking it, who ended up, Marina and、uh, I don't remember the name of the company, but they ended up basically just being like, So do you guys want to still do the tour and just play like a headliner <laughs> set? You know? And so it was just us and then like one or two local bands every now and then, except for like some nights was literally just us.、Mm-hmm. And we had to show up and play like, 45 minutes. And then when we went back this last year, we had to play like a little over an hour.、Um, and it, it was just, it was so surreal <laughs> because it helped us definitely get a bigger crowd, I think, that first time because some people were intending to see a version of Crown within the ruins as well. So they、yeah. just ended up coming because they already had tickets or whatever. So that helped us a lot. And then when we came back, because of that, it helped. But when we came back last year,、um, because of the, pan- the pandemic, Almost half of our shows got canceled because we were supposed to play in China and Wuhan.、Um, interesting. And,、uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Wuhan,、um, I'm, I don't really remember most of the countries, but we had like five or six shows in China and they all got canceled. So we went, we hopped on a flight, went to Bangkok, and that, that crowd was unreal.、Uh, it was、yeah. insane. We were in a plane for like two days straight. Um, no, thank you. Got off the plane, had to sleep for like four hours, and then immediately went to play the gig.、And、so, when you're over there, when you're over there like,、uh, like that, do you guys, is it flying most of the time? Like, you're, you're taking all your equipment and you're putting it on a plane and all that stuff, and your merch and shit like that? It's not like a, not like a have, band situation like in the States here or in Europe? They have drummer,、uh, drum back lines, and then merch as well.、Um, the, um, our, we have a friend, Gino. But, For Japan, we went to just Japan. It's a, it's a different company,、right. Marina. That's like their own thing. But the guy who did like our full Asia tour,、uh, Slam and Book, it's Slam and Booking.、Um, they handle like your merch and stuff. So it's basically like this is the amount. Like they honestly, they're very, not that people in America aren't on top of their shit. Like I'm not hating,、mm-hmm. but over there, because it's so much money and so much work that goes into getting you over there, they're so on top of their shit with like, You know, your flights, your hotels, your merch.、Um, they usually, because of the language barrier, they do, they pretty much sell your merch for you as well.、Uh, and they do all that work. And you ba- it's really special because it is a lot of work and you're tired, but they are aware of that. So they try to take a lot. Of, it seems like that. They try to take a lot of that stress off of you. See, I really <laughs> like how they like give us like a travel. Person with us as well that kind of like just will take us around and just do stuff out like outside of work.、Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I always appreciated that whenever we kind of got that as well. Yeah, we get to explore a lot more、um, being in Japan and stuff because they have a crew. Like, it's really crazy, man. Like, they do have vans and stuff, but for the most part, you know, your van just takes you from the airport to your gig and then you get a hotel that's maybe like across the street from your gig. So, your stuff will just stay in the venue, you know, until you、mm-hmm. take your next flight or whatever.、Um, but they, they have crews that are like full on roadies, you know?、Yep. But, like, I mean, half the time, 
we I'd say probably half the shows we didn't even have to load our own gear into the venue. You know, they would mm-hmm. they'd, we'd have to set it up, but it'd already be <laughs> in the venue when you get there from your hotel. And it's like, just we had never experienced that kind of like um, hospitality. Uh, hospitality, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, before it, that, it just seems. Just like, holy shit you know like, yeah it seems like, like a logistical nightmare if you're having to fly all the time and especially you know because obviously like air you know airline companies do mishandle not mishandle luggage but like you know luggage doesn't always show up when you land you know or, or something like that there's confusion a lot luckily, of the time we never had to hand luckily we really never had that problem um knock on wood yeah uh, we, but our shit usually lands with us and we've never had a problem we are planning on doing a lot of flying next year, so we're hoping it's like yeah. twenty probably gonna be like twenty flights over the course of a month. So we're hoping that everything um gets you know gets there. So uh hard. with that being said, hopefully none of you guys like are like afraid of flying. Myself, I don't yeah. like flying that much. Uh but especially on like I don't want to be you said two days in a plane, I'm like, fuck that, dude. I don't want anything to do with that. You know what I mean? Oh, Not so only like big planes going, you know, you know, from one country to the next, it's comfy for the most part maybe not for dave because he's tall as fuck yeah <laughs> but like they, you know you get food you get you know when you say I, big it, planes though bobby what are we talking about big planes we're talking about like, oh, like the 747s you okay. know like the uh the spacious but then when you're going from like when you're in asia the countries are much closer a mm-hmm. lot of the times you're on smaller planes and because of that you know you feel a lot more of the turbulence and and, yeah, not and, a fan. That, and it can be very hard to like get comfy and try especially when you haven't slept because you're doing all these flights and you're on the other side of the world like you're like okay i got two and a half hours to sleep before we land and then go straight to this other venue and it's like i can't sleep under that you know when i'm in the air like that i close my eyes and i'm like oh i'm gonna die (laughs) (laughs) talking about right now my hands are sweating dude yeah dave and i were holding each other's hands like not even on purpose one time we were we were going from like pa to jersey or something that's not even far that's not even far it was I know. Five minutes of the worst forty-five minutes of my life. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what's funny about that is like uh, you know how algorithms usually work, and for some dumb reason, YouTube loves to send me like just bad plane shit, and like I've gotten like you know pilots' last words on the black box and oh all this other shit, and like all these like what happened to flight yada yada yada, and so of course I'm like, yo, I'm about to be getting on a plane in like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just know this. They'll go around it. I, I mean, I've I've definitely flown a lot in my life, which is which is weird. But like, the older I get, the more I'm like, I just don't even want to like get off the ground necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be on top of a building looking over. I don't want to. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's so weird. And like this past weekend, I like I was telling you, uh, Dave, I went to North Georgia and I was hiking and stuff. And like, I went on a suspension bridge across a gorge, and I'm like. When I started walking out, and then of course it's starting to shake, and I'm like, "Dude, this is like airplane turbulence," and I'm not like I'm not even having it. And so I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle of this bridge, and like when people are on the other ends, like getting on or getting off the bridge, it was like really shaking the bridge, and I was like, "Okay, I'm not I'm not having that at all." My legs were all like weak and My trembling. Town, um, the town that I live in has it's actually closed right now for renovation. It's been closed for a couple years, but the town I live in has the oldest. Um, the oldest suspension bridge in the United States. Um, and it's absolutely terrifying <laughs> when you're driving over it because it moves so much. If you're driving straight, you'll start to go, mm, you know, mm-hmm. one way or the other, and you can feel it. 
Oh, it's well, this wasn't a suspension bridge like that. <laughs> it was like one that you walk on. So it was a tiny little, you know, like a pat, like, oh, a, okay, like a regular bridge, which is a little worse. Uh, Although, yeah, although speaking of bridges, I, I don't know. I don't like bridges either. We got like some big bridges here. I'm from Jacksonville, uh, and you know, if you're familiar with Limp Biscuit, the Matthews Bridge, uh, John Otto will take you there. But you know, yeah. <laughs> the Matthews Bridge is kind of big, and is you know, I got it's stuck on, yeah, I got stuck yeah. on the top recently, okay. and because uh, there was a car accident or something like that, so I was stuck on the top in my car, and of course, the whole thing is shaking. And when people are coming the other way and I'm like, oh, my God, just get the fuck off this thing. Come on. Let's clear this road out and let's get down because it's freaking me out. I'm just my hands are sweating now just thinking about flying and talking about all this shit. Oh, yeah, me too. Straight up. I'm feeling it. The, the flights really get me sometimes. Like, so you are a sweater, too. I sweat profusely on planes. <laughs> I get like yeah. big stains, a uh, big sweat. Uh, yeah. Right yeah, oh. man. I get stressed. I, I, but I just I am like super superstitious, too, like. <laughs> I'm like, I can't go to the bathroom on this whole 10-hour flight because if I move, we'll die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you undo your seatbelt. Next thing you know, you're like, boop, boop. You're in, yep, you're in the roof. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yep. Yes. Yeah. You, know, you lose that altitude. Like, you ever been in the bathroom on a plane where you lose altitude? And you just, no, like, I've never had anything bad like that happen. I've never had anything like that happen, which is, oh, man. you know, knocking Did on wood. I, that, like I said, that short little flight, like the, uh, the flight attendant was talking to us and she just stopped talking, buckled herself in. <laughs> And we, we were holding him like our asses were like full on out of the seat, like for half that flight. Yeah, you're like, so what's going wait, wait, what's going on? Why are you going back there? What wait, yeah. why are you buckling up? Just no, literally, like, bro. I was like, I saw her stop and I was just like, oh no. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I'm not even gonna fucking get on the cool flight. <laughs> yeah, that was like on our way to Europe, I think, or something, man. It was I did um I did experience like flying in like an eight seater little plane one time. And that was like by far, I had to fly that. Th- I had to fly into somewhere like that. And I flew out of somewhere like that in like an eight person plane. Whereas like, and, and like when we were loading the, we were getting on the plane and I was like, dude, there's no fucking way. Like I'm not, I can't get on this plane. Like my body is not wanting me to get on this plane. And then they're like, yeah, just uh, you can take that seat next to the pilot. And I'm like, I'm not getting in the co-pilot seat. What are you, fucking insane? Like, I don't even want to be in the plane. I don't want to be in the front of it for sure. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been on a plane that small, but you feel everything. It feels like you're driving on ice. The plane will go, like, side to side. and It is oh, nuts. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, you're fucking uh, holding on to the seats, man. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Damn, my anxiety is like slowly peaking. <laughs> oh, it's, not, uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. You know, just uh, you know, a lot of people have told me to take Valium, but I've never taken Valium before in my life, and so like, I don't know, like, or Xanax or whatever it is. So like, our old roommate used to give like whenever he he'd drive us to the to the airport and then take our van back. And he he had prescription. He did like, here you guys go. Like, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, maybe it may, I've never like again. I've never tried that. But if that would like make me calm enough to where like, I wouldn't even care about being on the plane, I'd probably fly a lot more. But I'd try to do been, everything I can to avoid it at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it'll knock you out. That's the only. That's the best part, especially like going to Asia. Usually, like we have a layover, and then even without the layover, like the main flight from like U.S. to Asia is like thirteen hours, mm-hmm. and um, so I just watch movies, you know, because I can't sleep. And I, you can fit in like six, seven movies, and by the time you get through like the third movie, you're like, "Holy shit, I don't yeah. even want to." 
five anymore. Like, uh, I, it would I be interesting to food. it would be interesting to try those like pods where you can like lay down. Like, obviously, it's more money and uh, exp- yeah. like first class expensive shit. But like, you know, have like little little office where you're laying down. I wonder if I would feel different laying down because things I hate on the plane are like when they get off the throttle and like the G's start letting up you know, on your body, like, you're like, are we falling out of the sky? Like, what's going on? You know, I get so freaked out. But anyway, we will stop talking about that because obviously David's about to go fly and, uh, you know, whatever. But let's kind of wrap this up. You guys are, uh, you know, about to kick off your, well, you're going on vacation, David, but um, you're about to do your your release tour and then you have the, the Born of Osiris tour coming after that. So what is next? Like, obviously, like, what's the trajectory and the goals for the band coming up for this next year? Because obviously, you know, everyone's had, like, a lot of time off in the industry. So what are the goals that you want to accomplish in the next year? See, like, I think as a band, I think our goal is to just, like, tour as much as we can on this album cycle um, from the lack of touring from the pandemic and just having to put in the, like, work for the album itself. Um I believe like we're just going to do our best to write and get more material ready for the next cycle and just keep making steps forward as a band. I feel like it sounds kind of cheesy because I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but I feel like we definitely, especially just given all the shit that we've had to deal with over the years and especially this year, I feel like we have a point to prove Um, just in the sense of like, you know, we are still this band. We are like, we are sons of the swarm, you know, like we, we, especially with our headliner tour, this is the first time we've done one other headliner tour ever. This is the first time that we've ever really had like the means or the money to put into like production, you mm-hmm. know? So we've got light show, crazy merch, all the, you know, just, we're just trying to come out swinging, you know? So our friend, like our peers and our friends and our fans just, to, to be like, you know, that's been a hard year for a lot of bands, but we just want to be like, we're show people that we're able to, to still kill it. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. just kind of, so when people see us, hopefully people see us on this headliner tour, people see videos, they're like, holy shit, I want to go see that band. Like, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing the damn thing. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's my goal right now, just for like the short uh, future is to just kind of, get the hype going again and, and really prove that we can do what, you know, what we do well and hold up with uh, other bands that do what we do. Cool. Um, a lot of touring though. We're trying to do as much touring as we can. And we had so much planned for the last year, you know, year and a half that didn't come through. So we're just trying to pick up where we left off. Um, and this album I feel like is a, like you were saying before, kind of with like not straying from deathcore, but just broadening our horizons. I think like this tour we just announced with Born of Osiris, that's probably something that never would have happened mm-hmm. before the songs we started releasing last September, you mm-hmm. know, um, just because it's still heavy, but it fits that style. And that's a whole new audience of people. Like people might know us, but I've been listening to Born of Osiris since I was like 10. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> So like there's people who have been listening to that band and will come out to see them who might be older and don't care about newer bands, um, you know, have the opportunity to see us. And that's something that's really special to me. So that's kind of just what we're shooting for is to reach more people. And well, that's cool. I mean, part of this, part of the, part of the podcast that my goal is to, you know, to keep 
invigorating the music scene in so much way and, you know, exposing smaller bands, not only like, obviously the, you have your Lamb of Gods and your big bands that are in the metal scene that we've done on the podcast. But, you know, my goal is to kind of like showcase the up and comers too. But to do so, you have to throw in those big mega hitters every now and then to get the views, right? So it is what it is. I'm glad that you see us as the up and comers to (laughs) kind of do this with us, you know? Well, you know, I see, I, I, at Lamb Go, I see the names come through, you know, I see the names, I see the, you know, so if, if stuff, like kind of sticks around because not every band sticks around, unfortunately, you know what I mean? So you have to run a little bit of a gauntlet to kind of get to where you guys are at. And your gauntlet that you guys have run slash are running is a little bit more up and down than most bands. But, you know, I feel uh, you guys, you guys seem like you're, you know, you're cool peeps and, you know, you seem like you have a a goal in mind regardless of whatever has happened. And as long as you just keep moving forward and like your, you know, like the cover of your new album coming out, which I'm not even going to attempt again, uh, to say, <laughs> but you know, turn the page, next chapter, and then you know, you know, fly some more all over the world and be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it, man. Just to to meet people who are like, holy shit, you know, it's not. It doesn't happen as much here in the states. So we've been doing it for a while, but you know, when you go to like Bangkok or something, and somebody's like, hi, you know, <laughs> like they know you are. That's just, it's absolutely unreal. It's. Worth it every time. As soon as you get off the plane, it's like, okay, it's, it was worth it, you yeah. know? <laughs> Even though I'm like, you know, white as a ghost, I, I've lost eight pounds of sweat on the flight. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you for, uh, you know, spending this morning with me. Uh, normally, we don't do these these early, but, you know, obviously, David, is uh, he's been up for eight hours already. He's, just, uh, <laughs> he's, he's done two hours of workout, and he's got his pre-workout running through him and all that stuff. So, you know, best of luck to you guys and uh, have fun on your flight. We, uh, you know, Clearwater's fun. Make sure you, uh, I don't know if you're a sports guy, but you're from Pittsburgh. So maybe you uh, like baseball. I don't know. Uh, Chris Archer oh, is wait. now back on the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. You can go see him this weekend if you'd like. But, you know. Uh, hopefully than- if the weather holds up or something to do. You know? <laughs> well, luckily it's a uh, it's in St. Pete, which is a little south of there. But obvi- it's all in the Tampa area, obviously. Um it's indoors, so you can go to the ball. ball oh, gym. shit. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, so, no, you know, They'll be bringing everybody in there to save your asses. <laughs> uh, you know, you. We, we don't necessarily no. like uh, – we, we do hurricanes all the time down here, so it's not necessarily like – it's just a bad storm for us most part. And I don't – you know, we – See, we, that's what my family was telling me because I have some family down there. I'm like, should I be like concerned about this hurricane? And they're just like – no, every rain's a hurricane down yeah. here. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm no, I mean, like, we do get we get thunderstorms daily. Uh, Florida has those daily, like, afternoon thing, uh, thunderstorms because it's so hot and humid and stuff. And yeah. sometimes those things are, like, way worse than, like, a hurricane coming through. Like, the thunder and the lightning is just way, you know, way more intense. But, you know, I'm not trying to downplay hurricanes because, obviously, if hurricanes do hit areas that aren't, like your area is not really prevalent to getting those. So like New York floods and people, you know, people get hurt and people do, you know, unfortunately not make it and stuff. But for the most part, Florida just has like hurricane parties and like redneck shit. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, word. That made me a little more confident for my trip because I've been kind of like it sailing this sad boat you know no, yeah like, <laughs> you know i'm the, just like damn i just fucking going on fucking this vacation and i'm gonna be stuck in a fucking airbnb the entire time no 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 we're we're very used to it down here as long as you can brave you know i, I wouldn't say like go out driving in the middle of it or anything like that but you know 
it's not something you'll chase you'll, the eye of the storm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll see when you get down here. We're a different breed, which I'm sure you've experienced Florida already. But oh yeah, yeah. I even thought to myself recently. Uh, I was like, man, if Florida had like mountains, I don't, you know, because we don't have any. We're we're flat for the most part, and we don't have seasons. It's just like hot ninety percent of the year, and then like we get like some cold days in you know in February or something like that. But uh, yeah, it, what your cold's like seventy. <laughs> I mean, we do. It's it's different. Like, even if it gets down to, like, 40s, we're so, like, the air is so wet. It's such a different kind of cold, you know what I mean? And it yeah, sucks. Yeah. So everything's, like, kind of wet. But uh, if Florida had mountains, I probably would never want to leave. It's just, like, a different vibe down here. Although Florida does get a lot of, like, you know, Florida man and all that, like, wild yeah. shit that people say about <laughs> us, which is definitely somewhat true, obviously. It's, a you know, a lot of sand and sun and alcohol down here. So it is what it is, but... Uh, have a good time in Clearwater, guy, uh, David, not guys. And then, uh, yeah, good luck on the upcoming tours and the album release part, the album release that has already kind of happened as this is already released. So yeah. all the Thank thirds you. are signing off, all thirds of us. And uh, <laughs> That's funny. <It's> yeah, funny. <laughs> that, that's never happened before. So that is, that is very interesting that that has happened. Um, yeah, I'll remember this for a long time. And so, yeah, when you guys are when you guys get down here, obviously, hopefully, we can kind of uh, convene in person and uh, maybe oh, yeah. get maybe yeah. Get dude, a, if I can, if you come to a show, uh, hit one of us up or hit up our page. We'll fucking yeah, for guest sure. List you so we can chill, bro. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, you know, depending on when it is, maybe we get an in person podcast because that's what we I usually mean, do. That'd be really fucking cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk about that some more because I think we're gonna be coming your way on the next like couple tours. So yeah. We'll be in touch for sure. We got emails, you know, social follows, yeah, baby, whatever. Let's go. All right. <laughs> well, here we are, Dave, Bob of the band Signs of Swarm, and this is us signing off, I guess. Thanks for coming on, guys. All right. Thanks for having us. See you, man. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.